Welcome, friend, to my discipleship podcast. This is Brian Chu. I pray that you will grow in your faith and have a closer walk with God. Enjoy today's message. Our goal today is we're going to talk about the importance of a godly family because it's God's goal, so it should be ours too. We're going to talk about the role of men, women, husbands, wives, children, single people. Anyone single here? Listen to this message. It's going to help you. Save you a lot of heartache. Single people in society for God's kingdom purpose. Everybody say kingdom purpose. So for godly individuals, right? If godly individuals are stronger and healthy, we'll have stronger families, okay? And then we'll also have strong local churches here in Castle Rock and around the world. And when we have strong local churches, we impact communities. And when we impact communities, we can change a nation for the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for today. All right, so we're going to teach. Is that okay to teach? You know the difference between teaching and preaching? Teaching is telling it, and preaching is yelling it. So I love preaching. I love getting into the atmosphere of a prophetic type, but we also need to teach because teaching will establish you. So I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. I'm going to throw a lot of things out there, and we'll see where it sticks, okay? So I call this the three rings of marriage, if you want to write that down, the three rings of marriage. So if you have a wife, you would start off with what we call the engagement ring, right? And then at the wedding, we have the wedding ring. Remember, they, the little guy comes down and gives the wedding ring. And the third ring is called the suffering. <laughs> All right, that was a joke. Pastor joke, you could use that sometime. I'm sure you knew that already. And then uh, this is what I've come up with. I know there's so many different ways to look. I come up with, I call the three biggest arguments in marriage, okay? And you could shout amen if this is you. And I've broken it down to, we argue about money, sex, and religion. And Melissa always says, well, you have to add the fourth one, communication. I said, well, that's in there because we're always arguing, communicating about money, sex, and religion, okay? With money, there's pressure, there's bills, you know, you're both working, taking care of the kids, sex, Intimacy. Men, they want it all the time. Any place, anywhere. Religion. Where do we go to church? Husbands don't know how to lead the family. I heard this once said that marriage, some people think it's to make you happy. But I say, no, marriage is to make you more like Jesus. Okay, because Proverbs 27 and 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so your spouse will sharpen you in Jesus' name. Your spouse will make you better. And like Melissa said, she, they will reveal things in your character that need to be fixed. Over the years, Melissa's helped me grow in an immense way because I'm sure there's some things that I do in the last 16 years that have caused you to grow. So the messages that we're going to teach today and tomorrow are essential. Everybody say essential. The definition for essential means crucial, necessary, vital or needed. The synonym is impossible to do without, all important or critical. We were talking about water earlier, right? Water is essential to your physical body. It varies depending on your age or your body size that your body is consisted of anywhere from 60 to 80% water. Okay, you can go about three weeks without food, but only three days without water. So we're going to teach you what I call kingdom principles for you, for your marriage, so you can grow in Jesus Christ. How many people want to grow? 
But let's get right into talking to men. I entitled this, Be a Real Man. Everybody say, Be a Real Man. If you have your Bibles, I think it's on the screen there in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says here, this was King David's final instructions to his son Solomon. It says, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth. He was about to die. And he said these things. He said, be strong. Act like a man. You know, in today's society, a lot of men don't know how to act like men. What happened to the old days with people like Charlton Heston, Charles Bronson? You, got, you remember those people? Clint Eastwood? Come on, these were real men. I mean, you can't turn the television or watch a movie now without two guys making out. That is just so wrong. Another translation says, be a man. Another translation says, prove yourself a man. And I've kind of coined the term, be a real man. And observe what the Lord your God requires to walk in obedience to him. That's your first key, men. Walk in obedience. Keep his decrees and commands, his laws, regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Basically, obey what it says in the Bible. It's very simple. You see, God has given us kingdom principles in this Bible or on your Bible app to live by. Okay? And if you say that you're a citizen of heaven, how many people are citizens of heaven? Then when you're a citizen of a country or a nation or place, you must abide to the rules of that place. It's called the law of the land. Like here in Colorado, marijuana is legal. But if you try to apply that same principle or law in another state in the United States, you're going to get arrested. We love going to Singapore a lot because God's doing tremendous things there. On the back of the little paper that you have to sign before you go in, it says, drug traffickers will face immediate death penalty. No trial. So if you're caught with a certain amount of drugs in Singapore, you're considered a user and you go right to jail. If you have a certain amount even higher, you're considered a dealer and you go and get killed by death penalty. Remember several years ago, you might not remember this, I think it was back in the 90s or 80s, which I have it written down here, that a young man from the United States got caught stealing and doing vandalism in Singapore. And the rule there in Singapore is that you get public caning. They bring you out in front of everybody, and they hit you with this large bamboo cane. And at that time, President Clinton was in power, and he tried to step in and say, hey, whoa, 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 he's an American citizen. They said, well, he's an American citizen, but he is in our country, so these are our laws. So if you say that you're a Christian, a believer, a saint, or however you want to categorize yourself, you have to live by the principles in the kingdom of God. And if you don't, there's penalties There's things that happen to you that sometimes we're praying for God to set us free from, but it's because you broke a law. A simple thing like don't covet. So maybe if you're in debt, it's not the enemy, it's not the devil, but you went out and spent too much and put it on your credit card. That wasn't even in my notes. All right, let's get back to the men, okay? 
So here's a great example of King David. Instructions to his son Solomon. And I give the example that I did not grow up in a Christian home. But my dad, he was a good dad. He taught me three things. He said, Brian, get an education, work hard, and stay out of trouble. Those are three good things. But he didn't teach me godly principles because he wasn't a man of God. So if you're a husband here, a father, you need to teach these principles to your wife and to your family. If anyone works in the corporate world or you do any type of counseling or what I call, I'm going to do today, it's called the sandwich tech technique, the sandwich method. You know what that is? It's where you, you tell somebody how great you are, right? You're doing a great job. You look good. And then you tell them what you really want to tell them. You're lazy. You got to get this straightened out. So you bring the correction. And then you puff them up again at the end. So that's what I'm going to do today. I want to tell you, man, how important you are. I wrote it down here. You may think that you're not important, men. Or maybe somebody told you that you were not important. But God says you are important. You're significant. And today is a moment in time for a new beginning, a new season, a new chapter in your life for God's kingdom plans, and purposes. Give God a hand right there. So let me tell you how good you are. Men, if you're a man, say, raise your hands here. God started all of creation with one man for a specific reason, the whole human race. When Jesus came to the earth, he picked 12 men. You think today, okay, well, I'll pick six women and six men. No, he picked 12 men for a specific reason. If you look at the word husband, you can write that down. It comes from two words. It's house and bond. Everybody say house and bond. Bond is like glue, like Gorilla Glue, okay? Glue keeps things together. I saw a guy post the other day. He was honoring his wife. He said, yeah, we've been married X amount of years. I just want to give props to my wife. She's the glue that keeps my fa our family together. And I was like, well, that sounded good. He really hooked her up. I said, but you got it all wrong, my friend. You are to be the glue to keep the family together. The word husband is house, bond. Ephesians 5.23 says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So when godly men would rise up, we'll have godly families, we'll have godly, powerful, strong local churches. You see, the Bible says that Jesus called the 12 disciples and the women just followed. That's why in most churches, women, you, you don't have to get them or beg them to come volunteer. They're just here. Okay, this is where I'm starting to bring the correction now. Guys, it's, it's tough to get them in church to do anything. Men, we are to be the foundation of the home. Let me just say this so you don't hear what I'm not saying. Women, you are important and you have a role. And Melissa will talk about that. I'm just talking about the role of a husband. I love this. There's a statistic that 
If a child is the first one in the home to get saved or become a Christian, there's a 3.5% that the rest of the family will become believers. If a mother is the first one to become a believer, it goes up to 17%. Women, give yourselves a hand. Look at this. If a husband or a dad becomes a Christian, it goes up to 93%. And so when I heard that statistic, I said, that sounds good, but I need some scripture to back that up. And I remember Luke 19.9, when Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today you and your family have been saved. Zacchaeus got saved. So we need godly men, husbands, and fathers. You see, the devil wants to destroy families today. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Look what our past president did to redefine marriage. My family was destroyed by the enemy. My mom died when I was 13, sudden stroke. My dad died at age 57, a heart attack. And my only brother committed suicide. You see, the devil wants to destroy you and your family. But God has come to give us life and life more abundantly. A key element of a healthy family is when men understand their role in the family and in society. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. I want to give you God's original intent for men. Okay, so this here in Genesis 2 verse 4, this is the account of the heavens and the earth and when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. So number one, there was a problem we see here in verse 5. It says, now no shrub had appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. Then it says, and there was no one, or some translations say no man, there was no one to work the ground. But the streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. So here's the first problem. God creates this beautiful place, but there was nobody to take care of the earth. God's so smart, he has a solution in verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man, everybody say man, from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Verse 8, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the woman, right? Okay, I want to make sure you're paying attention. He put the man he had formed, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees, and on and on and on. So here's where we're going to really dive in. In Genesis 2, verse 5, there was no one or no man to work the ground. You see, the earth was full of potential. Nothing was growing because there was nobody to work the ground. And that's the reason he created the man, because he needed someone to work the earth. That word work, if I say work, in the Hebrew, I'm not going to mess up the translation, but it means to manage. Everybody say manage. You see, we are here on the earth to manage the planet on behalf of God and to establish his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So let's jump down to Genesis 2, verses 8 through 9. 
says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in East in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Verse 9, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So I want to give you right now, I call it the five essential characteristics or qualifications of a real man. And it's all laid out in Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17. What I love about this, I didn't read this in a book somewhere. Okay, God had dealt with me in a harsh way about eight or nine years ago. Okay, I was complaining about our marriage. I was complaining about Melissa and my kids. And God said, the problem is not with Melissa and the kids. The problem is with you. And I was like, you sure you got the right one here? I said, I'm the man of God. I'm traveling. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm doing the best I can around the house. And God said, I want you to look at Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17. Thank you, friend, for listening to my podcast today. Make sure to connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can get ministry updates and more of my discipleship resources. Have a great day.